Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Nashville, it's time for Nashville Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nashville Business Radio. Mike Salmon with you. We are broadcasting from the JW Marriott in downtown Nashville. And let's not waste any time. Let's get to our first guest. Stuart Cooper is a client development director with Provisions Group. Stuart, good morning. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for having me. Tell us all about, before we get into your decades worth of uh, work in IT, let's talk about Provisions Group. It's a kind of a new place for you now. Tell us what's going on there and tell us what the, the company does. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm brand new over here. It's a phenomenal company. It's a top 10 management consulting firm in the Nashville area. And we have a lot of different wings over here. One of the things that we do is IT staffing, but that's not all that we do. We we have project services for IT and just a number of different uh, things related to consulting and uh, modern workplace, Microsoft 365, virtualization, network security, infrastructure. It runs the gamut. It's based in downtown Franklin, and which, which is fun. Uh, one of the reasons I went over there is I live in essentially downtown Franklin. I live about two and a half miles from there. So Which I is can, about how far from downtown Nashville? Uh, about 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah, 20 minutes. So if you're anybody that's listening that's outside of the area, the Franklin area is real fun. It's where you run into a lot of the country music stars and things like that. It's where a lot of those guys live. So it's uh, it's a blast. I can ride my bike back and forth to work. And I, I just love it. It's a, a group of about 60 folks that, that are over there. The owners are, are phenomenal. And uh, I've actually wanted to, to move over here to this company for a long time. My identical twin brother worked there for about six years. And I know about 10 guys that work there. And so when they hit me up and asked me to come over, I said, uh, where do I sign? <laughs> <laughs> Easy sell for you then. Yeah. Um, you've, you have a wealth of experience in the area that you're going to be specializing in. Tell us what you're going to be doing specifically. And again, your, your title is client development director. So what is your day-to-day job? It's, it's kind of fun. It's an individual contributor role with a little bit of training uh, for some folks. I've got a, a strong, as you mentioned, a strong sales background, about 22 years in sales. So I'll be one of the things they want me to do is come in and do some training with some folks and kind of get them up to speed on sales or just help them out in how to close deals and and run run some big deals and that type of thing. But Salesforce is going to be sort of my my first project uh, to get that up and running. We work we do work nationwide, but I'm going to be probably doing some other things uh, shortly after that. So I'm excited about it. I'm moving away from a leadership position in the company that I was at most recently. And uh, to get back into an individual contributor role just sounds, sounds nice and refreshing. So, You mentioned IT staffing is one of the big things that the company does. When, when you say IT staffing, what does that mean? Does that mean if you're a company and you don't really have a full-time IT person, you provide that person as needed? Yep, it could be. Uh, so there's, and actually it's funny, I did for about six years, I was a recruiter, a headhunter. I know you're up from Atlanta. So my, my dad was a, ran the management recruiters international firm, their corporate office in Atlanta for several years. And so he opened up his own company called Cooper Staffing and Consulting. And I did that for four years or so and then did recruiting and some other things. So this is this is kind of similar. Uh, there, there's some permanent placement aspects to it, but there's also contract to hire or, or just contract work. So a very large company like an HCA or a CHS or some of these really large Vanderbilt, 
may come to provisions group and ask us to staff people on a contract basis. So in, in essence, they become employees of provisions group. Uh, we, we pay them, but then we're paid by the client. And so then that's, that's kind of how uh, there's a, uh, I guess our profit, the way we make the profit is on the split between what we're paid and what they're, what they're paid. But we, in essence, have a lot of folks on our payroll. Everyone knows the IT world, it's a fast-moving, rapidly changing environment. And with you having been in the business for almost two decades now, you obviously have gone through a lot of that change. How, how do you change with the times? How do you navigate through all the changes that are going on in the IT world? Yeah, no, thanks for asking. It was, so I've been in sales and business development for about 22 years. About 10 of that has been IT, but it has felt like 20 <laughs> or 30. Uh, so it's, you know, it's interesting, anybody that's listening that's in, and there's a number of people in the Nashville area that's in, uh, obviously in IT, uh, it's real big up here, healthcare, IT and music. Those are the three big ones, but change is inevitable. It just happens all the time. So if you don't initiate it, which often happens, uh, some, you know, headhunters hit up folks, uh, and, and, and run different opportunities by them and say, hey, come over here. Sometimes it happens at the right time. But if you don't initiate it, it, it oftentimes it's initiated to you, whether through, you know, if you've been in sales for 20 plus years, there's going to be times that, that you don't hit the mark. I've had that happen. So it's unfortunate. I don't like it. I'm usually on the front end of anything that's going on. <laughs> so if a company opens up a market, I'm at the very beginning of it. And the, the folks that are at the very beginning of opening a market are the ones that get hit with the bullets. So if, if your leadership comes to you and says, hey, we have this wonderful idea, what do you think about it? And you think, yeah, that'd be great. I think I can spin that up and make that happen. And you go after it and it doesn't happen in the time that they allot for it, then you know they may ask you to do something else or you they may ask you to leave. So that, that part can be hard. It's like professional. I was talking to a next door neighbor of mine has been in sales for a long time. And he says, it's like professional sports. Um, every single year you have to be performing. And if you don't perform, you know, you're going to get fired. (laughs) So I've told people before I've, I've literally said, Hey, bring me over here. If it doesn't work out, let me go. I'm, I'm a big boy. I can handle that, you know? (laughs) And, uh, so, but more often than not, it's gone really well, but, Change in IT is just inevitable. I had, you know, I had I was actually working for a, a, a large company that I wanted to base my entire career on and stay for 20 years or longer. And uh, I got recruited over to the I, IT industry through a friend of mine that owned a company called Claris Networks. And Claris was a fast-moving IT firm. We, had, we probably had uh, maybe 110 people, uh, three offices. So Knoxville, Nashville, Chattanooga in this area. And, uh, we were doing about 20 million in annual revenue and, uh, we were doing it managed services. And then we were just growing rapidly. I came over, I was one of the first people to come over to the Nashville market and open it up. And about a year into being over there, my friend knocked on my office door and said, Hey, come in here. And he had tears in his eyes. And he said, I don't know how to tell you this, but I just sold the company. I'm so sorry. I know I, I completely changed your life by bringing you over here and you left a company that you wanted to be with forever. I hope you're not mad at me for doing what was best for my family. And so I said, hey, let's stop talking about me for a second. Congratulations. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he did really well. 
So, and I said, I'll be fine. And that's so why I stayed on with the, with the next company that came there. He said, I'm not sure what's going to happen here, but Claris was purchased by TechLinks. And then TechLinks, about a year and a half later, or about a year later, acquired a company called Guidant Partners, which I, I brokered that acquisition. That was fun. And then we got it scooped up by C Spire. And so, Holy you know, God. I mean, yeah. More change after change. It's a, it's crazy. And then in addition to all the logo changes, which I have coffee mugs for every one of those transitions. And uh, on top of all the logo changes, there's role changes. There are right. uh, staffing changes. There are people changes. There are who you're reporting to and that type of thing. So I've had a lot of change in, in my career. So we added it up the other day. In 22 years, I've had 19 job descriptions. Holy cow. I think wow. I'm moving to my 20th at, at Provision Square. I think this is my 20th. You get, this you one. get the gold watch for that. When you yeah. Get to number yeah. 20. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's pivot just a little bit here and talk about more about sales because yeah. you've done sales for a long time. Uh, a lot of our, our listeners are, are business leaders and executives and, and sales folks, of course. So what have you learned in your two decades of selling that you might want to share? Yeah, that's a great question. I there, I, I cut my teeth with a company called Centos, and one of the things, it's a Fortune 500 company. Their stock trades higher than Apple. They, I think they were, last time I checked, almost $400 a share. It's probably higher than that now. It's, I think it was $6 billion company. Uh, it's, a, it's probably a lot higher now. But they, they taught me a lot about time and territory management, geocoding. You know, we did phone blocks. We uh, just heavy activity. I learned a lot of activity over there. But when I, when I put, got pulled into the IT world, I, I moved up to a higher level of the, sort of the C-level communications with, with CEOs and CFOs and that type of thing. And I got introduced to Sandler Training. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, yeah. They have a show with us on Business Radio X. I need to listen to it. Two shows, actually. Yeah, I, I've got Out of our Gwinnett that. studio and out of our Forsyth County studio. I'm a huge, huge Sandler fan. Good to so, know. Yep. Yeah, Great Dave, folks. Yeah. Dave Sagrave's the guy who uh, I mentioned that started that company, or he was one of the founders of the company that, that the first company that I mentioned that sold. He, when he was in his early 20s, he took out money. This will be a plug for Sandler if anybody's listening in sales and they want to do this, but he paid on his own, uh, which was not insignificant. It's a lot of money. Uh, annually and you know, they bill you monthly and that type of thing, but you have lots of meetings and you go and they train you and, and he, he paid for that out of his pocket. And then he encouraged the folks that worked for him by his example. And then just one of the best sales people I've ever been around. And so I, you're kind of sold on it saying, Hey, I think I should do that too. So I did that. And uh, I, I don't, my investment was as much as his was, but uh, I did it virtually before we hit the COVID world and virtual. Somebody out of Memphis was doing it for me. Thank you, Bill Piper. Basically, yeah, I learned a, so much through that. I, I, I love Sandler. Negative reversing is a big uh, topic that I, that I like, I like to use. I love, do you know what that is? Negative reversing. I'm going to guess, just based on what I know of Sandler and, and everything that Al Simon, who's our host in Gwinnett with Sandler Training, has, has taught over the years, is that where you're almost almost trying to, not really, but you're almost trying to talk them out of doing it yeah. to see if they really are committed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not hocus pocus. You're not trying to manipulate. You're not trying to, to do something that you shouldn't do you but you basically if you're the higher up you go in the food chain when you get up to see the the ceos and you're dealing with them 
they think very rapidly. They're very decisive. They know what they're what they're thinking, and and uh, you don't have to try to push somebody to a sale. So the way that I illustrate it, and I can't do this on the radio, but if you picture a clock, and the clock goes from twelve o'clock to let's say around around the clock, it goes clockwise to three o'clock, six o'clock, nine o'clock, back up to twelve o'clock. Getting someone to let's say a large deal a $2 million deal, whatever, $3 million deal, that process is taking someone from 12 o'clock to 12 o'clock, right? And so if you're, if you're prospect, if the CEO, the CFO, CIO, whoever it is you're dealing with, their interest level is at three o'clock, what negative reversing would say is go, you go back behind that, you go to 12 o'clock. If they're at six o'clock on the interest scale, you go to, to three o'clock. If, you're, if they're at nine o'clock and they're about to be sold, you come back to them to, to six o'clock. And so the way Dave would do this, I saw him do this all the time, is he would just ask questions that no one is going to ask in a sales-related environment when you're trying to put a deal together. He may say something like, you know, they're, they're very interested. I mean, we've had five, six meetings. They're, they're moving closer to, to signing. And he'd say, hey, you know, it just occurred to me. I mean, have you, are you looking at anybody else? What other competitors have you have you have you thought about? I mean, is doing nothing an option? Something like that. So he would he would say what they're thinking and, and give them permission to think it out loud, and then it's out there, and you're dialoguing about it, and so then you basically get to the point where you're. Well, hey. a lot of times, and that CEO is is he's doing the selling. No, we want to do this, and, yeah. and and you you've changed roles in a way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they're 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 solidifying it in their mind, confirming it in their mind that this is the right choice. Exactly. Without getting into all kinds of examples of that, I mean, I can think of of a few. Uh, it's it's powerful. The other the other the other thing that Sandler taught me is if you think it, say it, and. You, it, 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 but if soften you think it. it, say it, but soften it. Yeah. You, if you think it, say it, but soften it. So basically, you know, ask their permission to say, Hey, this may offend you. I don't want to offend you, but can I say something that's on my mind and then just say it. And so without getting into a bunch of uh, examples on that, I'll say it, 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 at times it can lead to conflict. So I've had conflict with sea level folks all, all the time. And uh, from the get-go, because that's the other thing, is, is the is sort of parent-child. And I was trying to teach this to folks that at the, the company I was at before. You can never sell from a, a child psychology setting. You have to be in the driver's seat. You have to be the parent, the nurturing parent, and they're, you're, you're putting them into a position of a child, basically. Or they're even level playing field with you. But you can never sell from the begging you know from the child standpoint saying hey please do this or let them they're they're driving you know the car they're they're in charge they're telling you what uh the next step is or if it was rfp etc you you have to have your hands on the steering wheel and so i try to do that from the very first call anytime i ever talk to somebody and so i've had at least four examples where i, I got into heated arguments with ce level folks ceo the first time i met them and um, I mean, heated. I'll give you one example. April, uh, April of 2014. I pick up the phone. I just, I'm just cold calling. I'm calling some folks, and I, and I, uh, I don't suppose you'd want to have a high level discussion about whether or not you need your internal IT department. That's kind of how I would start. Mm-hmm. And they'd probably say, "Well, you're right. I don't want to have that discussion." Yeah, a lot would. A lot would. Yeah, and so I may find commonality or somehow 
connect, but I don't do a lot of cold calling. It's a lot of network referral based, but in this instance I did. And so April of 14, I call this place and, and I have that conversation with the CFO and he says, actually, yeah, our IT director is probably going to quit in the next two years. Uh, why don't you come in and talk to me in the fall? And, um, you know, we need to, that would be a good option to have instead of hiring another IT director, we just outsource that whole function. And so I, I call him September, we meet, good meeting. He says, hey, let's just check in every quarter for the next couple of years or so. And uh, so that's fine. And, you know, because a lot of these are slower. The, what, what I was selling there, they take a while. And so, uh, but December, Christmas week, December 26th, I think it may have been right day after Christmas. I'm driving down the road in Cool Springs Mall on the right. And I get a phone call from the president and CEO of the company he says, hey, Stuart, I, 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 this is the president of such and such company. I know you've talked to my CFO. He gave me your card. He told me to call you. Listen, we're in a bind. We, our IT director, we thought he was going to be here for you know, several years. He just put his notice in. He's going to leave in two weeks at the beginning of the year. What I need for you to do is you know, put together a quote and bring your best price and I'm looking at uh, price, so I'm going to pick the lowest cost option, and then, you know, we have to have all this moved over in the next three or four weeks, something like that. And so, I just, you know, if you think it, say it, but soften it. I, I, what I thought was, I don't want to meet with you. <laughs> right. Like it's a waste of my time. Yeah. So I, if all they care about is price. Yeah. Exactly. So I. So most people wouldn't do that. They would, and I wouldn't have done it in the past. I would just jump through his hoops at that point he's in the driver's seat. where yeah and so i just said hey can i say something that may you know i don't want to i don't want to upset you but can i just speak freely and he said sure what is it and i said i don't think i want to meet with you and so he said why and i was like well you just told me that you're going with the lowest price we're actually probably 25 percent higher than the closest competitor and we're a value play not a price play but the other thing you said is that this needs to be this transition needs to happen in four weeks and there's not a company on god's green earth that can make that happen. it's just not going to happen and so uh i just i don't think it's worth my my time is valuable and i don't think it's worth my time so um i'm sorry but i don't think i want to meet with you and he just started screaming at me uh, like, I cannot believe you would talk to me like that. You are a salesperson. I am the CEO of a company that, you know, whatever. Right. And he goes on. And so I, I, I took the phone away from my head and let him yell at me while I'm driving down the road. And I had three thoughts that went through my mind as one, speak back to him. You know, I don't take that. <laughs> and, and, and then two, hang up. I don't, you know, I don't need that. And then three, be humble and somehow try to figure out how to, move this forward. So I, I just said, Hey, it's, it's not my intention to offend you. What, but you're also, you know, you could also say I'm being respectful of your time too. I don't want to waste your time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a I, humble way of, yeah, it would be. And I don't know if I did that, but I think, uh, I, I said, Hey, why don't we move to a face-to-face meeting? He did say be at my office tomorrow at 11 AM with an engineer. And it was, again, it's Christmas week. And so I said, okay. And so I got off the phone. I called our VP of our healthcare and said, Hey, I, I don't even know if this is possible, but could you show up? And he did. And, uh, we, so face to face, he was very humble and he said, Hey, Stuart and I had this conversation. He kind of put me in my place. I know this is going to take a lot longer than what, what, what I thought. And I know that my, 
expectations are unrealistic and I know you're going to cost a lot more than anybody else, but I still want to talk. And, and that meeting became four or five more meetings and we sold that account. And so, uh, that's just one example. There's been so many to the point where anytime I have conflict with a CEO or a CFO or CIO in one of my initial conversations, I'll tell them my faith level is so high. You know? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, if anything, they'll remember you. Yeah, because yeah, you know, so. most like you say, hey, you're a sales guy. Most sales guys will go, okay, what time, where, and what time do I need to be there? Yeah, and you're like, I don't want to meet with you. Now, exactly. I don't know if I would have yeah. said it that way myself. I would have said, in respect of your time, you're right. You know, it may not. You know, I don't think it, a meeting would be fruitful. But or you could just say, I don't want to meet with you. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. I had one guy yell at me in the in in the lobby of his building, and uh, I mean, he just he just lit into me. And I just came back at him and basically said, hey, and this was going way back, but uh, this was when I was at CentOS. He, he, uh, I, I said, hey, look, I'm, a, I'm actually a patron at this place, and I've been here multiple times with, with my family. I have a large family and um, you know, other people that I know that I've sent over here. I don't appreciate the way you're talking to me. And he immediately relented. And so I, I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't do is they don't carry themselves where they're kind of – you need to be respected as well. Well, I don't want to get into a conflict with you, Stuart. Yeah. But we are <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna. Yeah, we, yeah, we are yeah, running we low on time. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as you as you make this transition now, and you're in your new role now with Provisions Group, talk about what excites you the most as it uh, with this transition for the you. Cu- the culture. I'm I'm most excited about the culture. You know, whenever you work, this is just more personal. But whenever you work somewhere, you've got to if you, if the culture is good and it's just a good group of people. So these guys, that's what I'm most excited about is the, these guys. Actually, it was funny. Even when I was talking to them and, and, and meeting with them, uh, the, one of the owners sent me a note that said, hey, uh, I'm praying for your interview. I won't be there at this one, but there's other folks that will be there. And uh, then I had a number of people just basically that, that said, hey, the, the guys over here are just phenomenal. The leadership is 10 out of 10, um, you know, 10 on a scale of 10. I can feel their care. You know, he's – it, it was kind of interesting just being in a, a place where, you know, I think in the, the, this day and age right now, if you can work wherever you, if it's all results oriented and just get the job done, but it doesn't matter when you work, where you work, how you work. Uh, that's kind of, I resonate with that a lot. I, I, I shared that with my team when I was leading a team in this, this former role that I was in. I, to, I constantly told them, I don't care where you work, when you work, uh, I'm here for you. But, you know, I didn't care if they worked 15 hours a day or 10 hours a day, I know you can get a lot right. more done in as a shorter time. As long as the work time. is being done. Exactly, yeah. And so I feel that over here, I think just the short answer would be culture. I mean, I'm super jazzed about the culture and super excited about it, but also they're, they have such a wonderful reputation. And uh, the, the location is cool, I got to say that. It's, it is a fun place to – I've always thought I'd love to work in downtown Franklin. <laughs> well, congratulations on, on the move. Uh, yeah. Wish you nothing but the best. Uh, hopefully you won't have too many conflicts and uh, fights <laughs> uh, yeah, with and I CEOs. I, I, I don't want to – you know, it's funny. That's just some, – some things I've learned for this. It's not like I do that all the time. And, and but. when Stuart's not saying get into fights with all these people, <laughs> yeah. that's, this is not the Sandler yeah. sales that, tip. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, anybody at Sandler may be going, oh, gosh, he's misrepresenting. What, what we're saying, but no, I mean, it's just some things. Maybe I, it's something I've probably learned over my my, my career is just to, to be in the driver's seat. You don't have to be in conflict to be in the driver's seat. You could actually. I will I will share this. I just the most recent deal that our team brought in that I, I was kind of leading and heading up. 
I just communicated early and often, constantly. It was it was probably twelve meetings uh, with with the, this company. It was a financial services, and they just did uh, a, a big deal with us. And basically, there was no conflict at all. It was just completely pleasant the whole time. And that's generally how it goes. That's almost ninety percent of the time. That's how it goes. But but I, but I was in you know I was leading. So I said from the beginning, hey, as we meet. If I don't think this is going to be a good fit, I'm going to let you know. Uh, I hope you don't mind me telling you no. We're not a good fit for everybody. Can I can I tell you that? And so just most people don't do that. Sandler teaches that. Well, the company is Provisions Group, the website provisionsgroup.com, one of the top IT consulting and IT staffing firms in the Nashville area. Stuart Cooper uh, is the Client Development Director. And uh, best way to reach you if somebody wants to find out more. Probably go to LinkedIn. If you look, if you look up my name, it's S T U A R T Cooper, and then it's the one that says uh, comma MBA uh, in Nashville. That's probably the. I'm on LinkedIn all the time. That's probably the best way to catch me. I think it's Stuart.Cooper slash two or something like that. But LinkedIn is the best way to catch me. All right, Stuart. Thank you so much Thanks, for joining Mike. us. Yeah, this was awesome. You're you're awesome. <laughs> Appreciate it. Anyway, go then, Falcons. Go and Braves. There you go. And, well, and t- we're in Nashville, so go Titans, right? Yeah, absolutely. Nashville Business Radio is the name of the show here on Business Radio X. We want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us. We're broadcasting from the JW Marriott here in downtown Nashville. Until next time, Mike Salmon saying so long. And again, this has been Nashville Business Radio on Business Radio X. Business Radio X.